Hello everyone and welcome to the uh, first of the off-season Fins Up podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Salo Dan, and tonight I'm sitting kind of with a... Well, it says T. I I guess it's Terry. Mate, how you going? Yeah, good, Dan. How are you, mate? Mate, so good, thank you. We are super prepared and professional for tonight. It's Daily M Night, so we're going to race through this as quick as we can before our boy is crowned. Yeah, absolutely. We should be. But uh, what we're going to do tonight is we're going to run through the backs. So I believe there are 15 or 16, I don't know, I've got them all here. Players that played for us this season, some more than others, obviously. We're going to do a quick rundown of their season, and then we're going to give them rating out of 10. And if you disagree, get your own podcast. I couldn't have said it any better if I tried, and I'm pretty sure I wrote those words for you. There, mate, there we are. Well, now, let's start at the top, mate. I'll, I'll, uh, we'll start with Will Kennedy, number one. Started well, ended bad. Did you, did you want some stats, Terry? I'd love some stats. So, seven tries he scored this season, six tries here. 115 run metres a game sounds pretty good, but he made 82 tackles this season. He missed 41. Talk to me. Look, I mean, you can you can scounge around the internet and find a video of George Williams running over the top of James Tedesco, right? It happens. Mm-hmm. But the, the problem with Will is not his tackling. The problem with Will is his attempts at tackle are just comedic value. They're poor. You, you never feel comfortable that he's going to stop a try. No, mate, I would argue in the finals that he didn't even try. Uh, we saw who was it? The bloke ran straight past him in the in the semi. Tom Dearden. That that says everything as far as I'm concerned. Any noise you can hear, by the way, my kids are here, so um, they'll be noisy because they are nickels after all. Look, I I you know if you'd asked me after the first ten weeks, suspension aside, Will Kennedy's probably an eight eight out of ten. He started real well. And those flowing plays where he hooks up behind and links Mullen and, and Hines were going well. But since he came back, mate, it's a negative five for mine. He was disgusting. Yeah, look, in terms of the overall season for Will, it's it's definitely more of a pass than a negative. Uh, he contributed a lot to our early success, and he also contributed a lot to getting us uh, through our, our you know win streak and played some really good footy for us. I'll give him a six out of ten. That's fair enough. I got five point five. I think it was a pass mark. I think if he didn't come back, I think we're talking seven and a half, eight. So perhaps he came back from injury too soon. I, know, I suppose we'll never know. But uh, mate, let's go from. Yeah, I, don't think, I don't think it was. I, I don't. I definitely don't think Will was ready to play the finals, both physically and mentally. So couldn't agree more. I think you know any talk of oh let's chuck Will, I think it's a little bit early. But uh, but we'll see, mate. But I want to talk positive. Ronaldo Mulatalo. I mean, before I give you the rundown or hear the stats, it's a 9 out of 10. 9? I went 8.5, so I think... I'm a little bit harsher than you. That's unfair, but uh, get this, mate. Get this. 17 tries, 99 tackle breaks, 30 line breaks, 150 metres per game, throwing three or four try-saving tackles. He was by far our best defensive back. Like, I'm talking in the mid-90s when you'll hear some other stats in a minute. He is arguably going to win winger of the year tonight. If not, he'll go very close. He's a top three winger for mine. Love the blow, eight and a half. Yeah, look, I think the only reason why I've gone a nine is, you know, two years ago I was an unabashed, don't know if Ronaldo's going to make it, and now I'm looking at it going, Ronaldo literally is going to be the best winger in the world in the next two years. Absolutely agree. He's going to have a huge uh, World Cup for the Kiwis. Wish him all the best. Love the bloke on and off the field. He just says everything right. I think he's a future captain if uh, if he wants to be. 
Yeah, look, he, he, last year you saw how good he was. He was our Ken Stevens medalist. Obviously, couldn't be nominated this year because he won it last year. He'll probably go and win it next year. That's how good he is on and off the field. The bike's just an absolute star. Um, you know, he's got it all. He, he's, he's now become, you know, he's got elite level speed. Uh, he's an athlete. Uh, he's a finisher. You know, he's just great. Couldn't agree more, mate. Now, uh, unfortunately, we were robbed of a try-scoring finale as he and Katoa, full disclosure, we're going to see only Katoa next, were locked at 14 tries all and Katoa went down, injuring himself for the for the game, you know, the game-winning try. 14 tries for Katoa this this year. Could have been 17, could have been 18. I think he might have picked Ronaldo's 17. 73 tackle breaks, 17 line breaks, and this is a big one for me, 139 metres per game. He's become far more than just catch and fall over the line as, you know, I think his reputation was. I think Katoa had a career-best season. Oh, I don't think it was career-best in terms of, like, tries. I think it would have been had he not got injured. And you only have to have a look at, you know, the tries that Connor Tracy bombed, the tries that he scored. Matty Cavallo scored a couple down that wing. Lockie Miller scored one down that wing as well. So I think Katoa probably pips Ronaldo in the end, uh, I'm going to give Katara an 8 out of 10. He had some games where you were like, what the hell are you doing? And then he had some games where you're like, man, what the hell is this guy on today? <laughs> so uh, he's, he's a real Jekyll and Hyde, but fuck, he's a star. Um, I'll give him an 8 out of 10. I, I, you know, sometimes he, he you know... He had a couple. Of, he had a couple of stinking games. That game against Canberra for mine, like you just need to burn all images of Katoa from that game. You know, it was that bad. People were calling for him to be dropped. Um, yeah, eight out of ten for me. I was one of those people that was calling in for him to be dropped because it was like he was an amateur. He'd never played football, and he's. I think people were saying, you know, oh, he had the sun in his eyes. You're always going to have your sun in your eyes in afternoon games. 7 out of 10 for me. I think that we miss Katoa. I think we're playing a prelim if Katoa's playing because I think he would have scored on half time. And I don't think the Cowboys come back. So I'm super excited to see where he goes next year. Our wingers are set for as long as they want to be here unless a superstar becomes available. So I'm very, very happy. Sam Stone Street. We'll, we'll discuss that. At, uh, I'm sure his name will come up plenty of times, mate. But uh, look, I, I'm going to run through uh, a couple of bit players while we're, while we're here. Look, we'll shoot Luke Metcalf real quick. Just had the one game, you know, filled in when required. Wasn't really. I thought he was good on the day. Scored that long, long field try against Newcastle. Wish him all the best in New Zealand. I don't think you can really rate him, to be honest. Uh, Luke, it was a good game for him. Uh, the game itself was a 7 out of 10. So, yeah, 7 out of 10. For enough, I'm at 7 out of 10. I wish you all the best, unless you're versing Cronulla. That's it. We'll see you in two years. Better player. Come on back. Uh, debutant, Kyle Hero, a bloke that you and I will gush over all off-season during the World Cup and then some next year. One game, a couple of early errors, really set him back. 12 tackle breaks, so no missed tackles, which for a shark is ridiculous. I think he made five or six from memory. 184 metres on debut. This kid's going to be special. Yeah, look, he was uh, on, on the wing, uh, out of position, thrown in the deep end, um, the only thing that he was really missing was a try, and then it would have been a, you know, a, a solid all-round game. Um, his hands, you know, let him down on the big stage, but I think that was more nerves. Had he got a run of two or three games in a row, I think you're talking about, 
you know, a guy who would have scored some scintillating tries. Look, he looks like Val Holmes. He moves like Val Holmes. He's got the speed like Val Holmes. He just can't kick field goals. New South Wales Cup Player of the Year. I'm tipping him to break into our side at left centre next year. Bloke's absolutely fantastic. His game on the night was a 6 out of 10. That's all I can rate him. That's cool. I gave him a 7 out of 10. I was very excited by those run metres considering... As you said, rookie thrown in out of position. Last minute too, I think that was a, a day before call. So, uh, yeah, we gonna there's going to be a lot of positives to come about young hero. Uh, a player who, you know, we signed and we were like, uh, okay, and then we thought, oh, yay, and then we thought, oh, no. Matty Kuvalu played five games, scored a handful of tries. Man, I think he did absolutely everything we asked of him, and I would argue that he probably should have played that first final. Look at this. There's no two ways about it. People turn around and go, oh, yeah, but he caught the knee injury. Yeah, he caught the <laughs> knee injury the day after. Yeah, playing for Newtown. Day, he didn't cop it the day before or the week before. He copped it the day after. And then other people turned around and said, oh, yeah, but he didn't play in the finals because he was injured. He played three of our last four games. He wasn't fucking injured. He got injured afterwards in a freak accident. He played, yeah, um, for, for the Jets. I think he should have played more games than he did. There were games where Tracy went out on the wing and started out on the wing, and it's like, nah, we bought Marty Cavalli for a reason. He's our third best winger. Unfortunately, he's going to miss most of the year next year. Look, I was thrilled when we signed him. Uh, he never let anyone down. He played a game in the centres this year and absolutely ripped it apart. He played left wing, he played right wing. He, you know, he, he never had the Marty Cavalli drops. His, his metres per game were absolutely phenomenal. Bloke hates getting tackled. Uh, I'll give him, I'll, you know, I'll be kind to Matty Cavallo and say, look, seven out of t- uh, seven and a half out of ten. I gave him a seven. I'm happy to round up a seven and a half. I think he was absolutely fantastic. Another player who, you know, not going to set the world on fire, but a bloke who just, you put him there, you're not going to worry. <sighs> okay, i got to bring it down, mate. Connor Tracy, all yours. Uh, look, Connor had some good games. The problem is he's going to be remembered for his two shockers in the finals. One where he shouldn't play it, and two where he was up against um, uh, Campbell Graham, mm-hmm. which is not an easy task because Campbell Graham's arguably the best defensive centre in the competition. Free. Mm-hmm. So you, you give like the the in that game there for Connor Tracy, the, the, multiple things happened. Right, one, our halves weren't clicking, and Will Kennedy wasn't in the game, so Connor Tracy got some shocking ball and got hammered. When, you, when, when that happens to you and you've just got nothing going for you attacking, your confidence is shot and he just got torn to pieces that night. He had some real good games this year in the centres. He, you know, he had some good games on the wing. The thing is people people look at Connor Tracy and go, he should be in the team every week. No, he shouldn't. They go, yeah, but he's all heart. Okay, he's all heart. That's fine. CSO Varve was all heart as well. No mm-hmm. fucking talent. It's true. Right? Do you want to guess how many games he did play, Terry? Oh, he played about 14, didn't he? He played exactly 14. <laughs> yeah. Played about 14 games. What did he score? Six tries? Six tries. Nine games in the centre, five games on the wing. I would just rather see that flip. I'd rather him on the wing than in the centres. But uh... No, no. See, I'm, I'm the complete opposite. For mine with Connor Tracy, I think teams like, you know, he gets to these kick return metres, but it's the whole, it's the old Daniel Tupo syndrome. Um kick it to him so then he doesn't take that second tackle hit up. I, I prefer him in the senders but the problem in that game there, the finals game, is he was in the senders and Lockie Miller was on the left wing. For some reason we moved Ronaldo. Mm-hmm. 
right now. I'm glad we did because Ronaldo took that intercept in the off, so got the jump for the Nakora try. But Ronaldo had been the left winger all year, and he'd been marshalling that left edge all year. And all of a sudden, we moved it, and you had Connor Tracy, who was getting a bath by Campbell Graham, with Lockie Miller on the outside of him. It was just—it was a bad call up. I prefer Connor in the centres than on the wing. I think he's a shocking winger. His defensive reads on the wing are absolutely terrible. And we saw that in the in the semis when um, you know Ramian had Val Holmes, you know, wrapped up like he was a Christmas present. All of a sudden, Connor decided he was just going to run in and be the bow on top and gave Murray to a lungy a free run to the the line. So now, centre for mine. Look for Connor. He's not here nor there. Five out of ten. I gave him five and a half. I thought it was just a little bit better than it was bad. Like you said, he is all heart. He's a player that's very easy to like, and I don't, I don't like bagging him because he, you know, he died for this club. I have no doubt about that. I just wish he had the talent to match. So I can't see a spot for Connor Tracy moving forward. I think we've got way too many freak young players. But I mean, he's a bloke that could travel every single weekend as the 18th player. And even if a forward get in, gets injured, you can throw him in because he's not going to let anyone down. That said, I don't think he's special. Absolutely no doubt. Like, if he was the 18th man and our three props got knocked out and you said, Connor, guess what? You're out fucking playing prop. He's going to take the hit-ups. Oh, 100%. And he's going to try, try and make the tackles, but he's, like, he's, he's hard. And, you know, he, obviously he's getting a decent paycheck, so he's going to put his body on the line for it. But that's all he is. He's just hard. And that, unfortunately, like, you have a look at the Tigers players, but apart from the last couple of weeks, like where they had no heart whatsoever, but all they had was heart was no talent. He's like a typical Tigers player. Yeah, true. I think he'd be the Tigers' best, mind you. Yeah, I, I got a five and a half, and plus his wife is like 12 out of 10, so that's got to count for something. Uh, yeah. Look, I, I'm trying to avoid, but we're going to go there. Harati, two games, two losses, none out of 10. Uh, I can't even remember him playing, so... He lost it. He played uh, when we played the Warriors, and I believe the other game was Canberra. We didn't uh, lose to the not Warriors. Not the Warriors, the uh, Storm, rather. Okay. Well, yeah, sorry, that'll do. I think he's done as a uh, first grader. That said, he was very, very, very good for the Jets, and I wish he'd been there in the prelim. I think we be, would have been playing this past weekend, but anyways, I don't want to get into that. He's a, I, I've heard Harodi has secured himself a one-year deal at the Melbourne Storm. Well, that's fantastic. Watch him come good and come back to burn us somehow. But, uh, look, let's go with our Rookie of the Year, mate, Lockie Miller. Seven games, three games at fullback, three tries, 148 metres per game. Rugby Union, you know, you can take the boy out of Rugby Union, 69% tackling. Not good enough for me. I think at fullback he was near flawless. Yeah, I think the 69% tackling comes from that one one effort on uh, Tana um, Milne, if you can even call that, because he got thrown off about eight times. Oh, uh, look. Absolutely lights out. His debut up there on the Gold Coast where it was pissing down rain and he took that ball and, you know, the, the speed on the absolute speed on him. You know, it, I, it's one thing that you can't teach and you can't train is pure pace. Mm-hmm. He's got a great football in mind. Another one who's misses an absolute 12 out of 10. He's a good-looking bloke as well. Mm-hmm. I think, he, you know, he deserved our rookie of the year because he was one of three rookies and he played the most games, so fuck, fair play to him. He's got the most highlight reels as well. Um, I'm excited in saying that, Dan, if a team like the Bulldogs or the Knights came knocking on our door and said, we want him to be the fullback and we've got a prop for you in return, I'm probably pulling the trigger on the trade. Yeah, look, if it's uh, David Clammer, I'm swapping him tomorrow morning. 
only because of another player, and I don't want to jump there just yet, but um, I think Miller was really good this year. I gave him a 7 out of 10. I thought, considering what he came from, rugby union, where they don't tackle, you know, it's the sevens either, so it's not like you, you structure your play. You just run around until someone gets tired and you burn them and score a try. I love the sevens for the record. Rugby union, that full game, though, is absolutely disgusting. I think Lockie Miller's great. If I'm naming him... If I'm naming my name, my round one side rather, I'm putting him as my number one. You can't talk me out of it. So I thought he's very, very good. But the reason I wouldn't be saying no to that possible trade is Dykes. Two games, scored a try, a, a brilliant try, five tackle breaks, 88% tackling. I know it's not, you know, a huge sample. 113 metres per game for a kid in his first full season playing full-grown men. This kid is special. Yeah, he is. Um, I think I think he's still a year away. Fair, fair. I think he's still a year away, and I think that comes out in good timing that Will Kennedy's off contract. Look, for the record, I'm not offering Will Kennedy a contract going forward. We've got uh, Janaya Lua Lua. We've got uh, Tenny Torquemo, Lockie Miller. We've got Kay Dykes. Um, we're, we're covered for fullbacks. Um, so Will for mine is the uh, he's the absolute collateral, like not not given a contract. Um, Dykes, look, his two games, <coughs> a little bit of, little bit of nerves, a couple of errors, but you know it's Cronulla, we make loads of errors. I didn't rate Lockie Miller um, just before you cut me off. I gave him a seven out of ten. I'll give Young Dykes a six and a half. Although Dykes is equal to seven as well, I thought he's very good. He showed, uh, you know, when you can just tell a player's got it. I got that feeling with Dykes. I do agree, he's a year away. <coughs> He was the 5'8 of the year in the New South Wales Cup, which, considering the amount of players that played first grade that are playing regular 5'8 and reserve grade, is fantastic. He had a brilliant season. I'm glad he played a bit of first grade because the nerves are gone now. You put him in next year, he's like, oh, well, I've been here, done that. I think he'd be better for it. I think he's a future 5'8. I think Moylan, two years. I'm hoping he only plays one. I hope Dykes takes over. I am very, very excited about him. But again, I think he's a year off. Give him 20 games for Newtown next year. Couple at the back end next year after we wrap the minor premiership up. Works for me. Yeah, look, for, for mine for mine with Dykes, my issue with him being the fullback, um, there's, he's just a small body. It's too small. We've had too many small fullbacks. And, and he's got his dad's body as well because that calf muscle, he tweaked it and he didn't come back. We didn't see him playing for the Sharks again after he tweaked that calf. And he didn't come back for the Jets, so um, he's definitely his dad's son. That is very uh, positive and a negative. I like where you're going with that. All right, we'll save the halves for later. We're going to go to uh, Jesse Ramian, who I thought uh, was pretty darn good this season without fully realising his potential. Yeah, look, as I, I say it every week, if Jesse Ramian just wakes up, selects violence, and realises that he's the best centre in the competition... You know, he, this is a guy who could literally be spoken about in the same breath as Joey Marnie, mm-hmm. at Ballantyne Holmes. You know, he's got that much potential. He's that good of a footballer. We saw it in his rookie year. He was tearing teams apart. And people going, Jesus Christ, Jesse Marnie is going to go up to Newcastle and him and Bradman Best are going to be the centre pairing for New South Wales. Now, Bradman Best is a lump of shit. Jesse Marnie had to get Newcastle stench off of him. Came back. Started the season pretty slow, gave away the penalty, which cost us round one. Didn't up cost us the season. Had his, you know, has his moments where you look at it and just go fucking hell, like get rid of him, send him down to Newtown, 
And then he has his moments where you go, fuck, he's, he, he's going to be playing for Australia. He's, there's just no in-between with Jess. No, there's not. He's either really good and you're on the edge of your seat and you're texting all your mates going, fuck, we've got him. Or he's really shit and I'm texting you going like, I don't even want a podcast this week. <laughs> uh, yep. <laughs> He's my favourite player, not named Toby Rudolph. He's like he's sensational. He just doesn't realise it. You know, someone's just got to sit him in a room and just go, "Fuck!" Just, just go out there and belt someone and catch the fucking ball, and you're good. I'm gonna get that on tape and send it to Sir Fitz. Just put it in the earphones and get. Rammy and listening to it every night before bed. Couldn't agree more, mate. You take that one moment, and there's one moment in every game where you're like, for fuck's sake, Jesse, stop it. You hope it's early, whether that be a knock-on, a stupid penalty. He's a six-again machine. I didn't like the stat, but I know it's very high. The bloke just, he lays on him, and he does this thing where he looks back at the referee, and the ref goes, all right, get up, Jess, and he says, nah, I'm cool. Six again, and then he looks frustrated with himself. Oh, mate. I, I wish I could I could put, you know, I, I wish Ramian, can you train mentally to be, like, not stupid? I don't know if that's a thing. I've never needed it. You know, some may argue. But I thought overall Ramian was fantastic. Ten tries, nine try assists. The bloke, you know, 11, 11 line breaks, which wasn't real good. I expect that up around the 20. 93 tackle breaks. This bloke, when he's on, is impossible to tackle. You know, we saw him tear up multiple teams. But for every good, I can name a negative. Next year, I want to see only only goods. Now, I gave him an 8 out of 10. I, I think I might have been a little bit nice here. I'd like to round that down to a 7.5. But when I think of Ramian's good games, there weren't many who beat him one-on-one. Now, the, the, the thing for mine, I, I, I'd give Jesse Ramian a 7 out of 10, but I'd throw a little bit of blame to Nico Hines and Blake Braley on this one as well. Against Melbourne... He was a 10 out of 10. He backed that up the following week in the opening 12 minutes against the North Queensland Cowboys. He touched the ball twice and scored two tries, and then we stopped giving him the ball. Mm-hmm. And that's not his fault because this guy takes the first hit up or the second hit up or he takes the suicide runs or he taps the ball and he runs full pelt at their back rower and he gets us on the front foot. But when we're 10 metres out from the line, it's like Jesse did the work for the other 90 minutes, so he must be gassed. Let's go to the other side of the field. Yeah, it is very frustrating. I think we do need to have a big word with Young Brails, and we will discuss next week because we'll be rating the forwards, and I think that one might be one of uh, of conjecture. Uh, nine out of ten. Not a, nine out of ten. There we go. It's spoiler alert. Now, mate, the other centre, a name who at the start of the season, if you'd said the other centre is going to be this guy, I would have said, you need your head red. Sifatalakai, 21 games for the Sharks this year, 18 at centre. 176 metres per game. That's taking into account a couple of games where he came off the bench and he played that 26 and 40 minutes. So that that's probably up closer to 190, 195 in real terms. 86% tackle efficiency, which is pretty good. Missed a whole heap of tackles when it mattered, though. Talakai had a season that I would never have guessed happened, surpassed all my expectations. I thought, you know... Four games out of five, he was fantastic. And that fifth game, he was terrible. Overall, though, I think, you know, thank you, Sifa. We knew you had it in you. We said from the start he would be Sir Fitz's, you know, his bloke, his project, and I think it was a huge success. Yeah, look, 
the thing for mine at the moment is if we re-sign Wade Graham, this guy's our left centre. I, I don't... I see a lot of people online going, yes, Sif is going to move into the forwards, but there's no solution offered, okay? And at the time when people were saying, oh, you just throw Kaylero in there because you got New South Wales Cup Player of the Year, he also copped a bath off an 18-year-old kid from the Bulldogs, okay? So it's not... You can't just go and throw a guy out of the rink who made himself a name in the centres and got himself on the bench at New South, for the New South Wales Blues mm-hmm. because he got run around by Peter Hiku, who, spoiler alert, Peter Hiku's actually pretty fucking good at footy. Yeah, he is. Very, very underrated. He's a big, big reason why the North Queensland Cowboys finished third and beat us. Yep. He was the best player on the park when they beat us. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not, I'm not going to rob Peter to feed Paul. I think... If we don't re-sign Wade Graham, which we shouldn't, then Sifatalaka takes that left edge spot. But if we re-sign Wade Graham, Sif is going to have to take that left centre spot and Kale Hero will bide his time. Um, I, yeah, I, I, again, for mine, even if I mean, even if we didn't re-sign Wade, I'm, I'm going to stick Sifra in there to start the year. Uh, the bloke was fantastic. I think he was absolutely, by far and away, our best back not named Ronaldo Mulatalo. So I gave him an 8.5 out of 10. Yeah, I got an 8. I was a little bit turned off by some of the misses. But, you know, he's a bloke with a turn and circle. Uh, I forget the joke you used, but it's awful. You know, but again, it's not... He's never trained there. I mean, he played a couple of games there for Newtown when we had injuries a couple of years ago when we won the title pre-COVID, which seems like 10 years ago now. But, I mean... This is a bloke who had a wow of a debut season. Last year was at a point where you and I were like, maybe he wants to go back to being a garbage man. And then when we signed Sir Fitz, we were like, oh, no, he'll be sweet. So I, you know, I can't, I can't wrap him enough. I thought he was absolutely fantastic. A few negatives. I, I think he is out of possession. I would definitely play him. He's got to play more minutes than not. Giving him 40 minutes isn't good enough. It's got to be up around 55, 60. So that, you know, that's for Sir Fitz to figure out next season. If he starts at left centre, you know, mate, I'm not going to be disappointed. I want it to be Eero. I think that guy's going to be there for the rest of his career. Hopefully it's 15 years, multiple titles. But, I mean, Talakai fantastic this year. And, and, you know, a few misses aside, I can't think of anything negative. He did cop a bit of a negative towards the end of the year because he took Morgan Harper and, like, he fucked that guy right up. Now, everyone sort of thought, oh, well, that's that's the standard now. Okay, you know, the players, you know, Joey Manu doesn't do that every week. So, and he, he's arguably the best center in the game. So that's way too much to ask. I think Talakai was absolutely fantastic. Mate, we're running close to time. Let's move into the halves. I want to get it out of the way before I start gushing and talking positively. Braden Trindle, 15 games. Do you want to hazard a guess as to how many games he played? 80 minutes. Three. Four. Now, I, I'm both happy and sad with that. If he doesn't start, he's absolutely useless to us and should never, ever, ever be on the bench. I agree with you on that one there. I, I Didn't we get to see a Nico hines Braden trindle game? We, we did. It was against Canberra, wasn't it? Uh, it was, yeah. The one um, Moylan missed out on. And I think there were two in a row, actually. Because yeah, Moylan missed two I, games. I mean, there's nothing for me that stands out from Braden Trindle. And all I can remember is he was useless off the bench. He had a really good game against the Storm when he finished the year dreadfully for Newtown. Mm-hmm. I don't want to rate him. I'll give him a three. Fair enough. His best game this year was against the Bulldogs New South Wales Cup, where he was the best player in the park. By so far, it was embarrassing. 
we unfortunately took that into the, the prelim that, oh, well, Trindle's there. He'll be great. Unfortunately, he didn't have Haradi and uh, Metcalf to bail him out this time. Look, I think Trindle is is a is a very good footballer. I want him to play lots and lots of football next year for Newtown. It's a four for mine. The bloke tries so hard. I think he was harshly done by this year in that we throw him on with seven minutes to go in the game line and go win the game. He's not that kind of player. You know, we saw what he could do last year when he played with a disinterested Sean Johnson was our best half by a long, long way. So I'm not willing to write him off yet, but, I mean, if he plays more games than not next year, that's a, uh, that's a problem for us. Uh, Matthew Moylan, mate, 24 games this year, finished all of them, including a golden point extra time that went 93-odd minutes or something. Mate, do you know he scored more tries in 2022 than he has in his previous four years at Cronulla? I wouldn't be surprised. What did he get, four or five? Five, and he'd scored two, I believe, or four and two. But uh, this was a stat that I, I don't like. 73 kick metres per game. Not enough. <laughs> yeah, absolutely not enough. And when, when, you go, when you have a look at that Cowboys game, I think he had in the in the finals, we had five, like 570 kicking metres, and Nico Hines had 540 of them. They worked uh, us out. So... Yeah, so for mine, Moylan in the in the off season, and it doesn't like you know you can't teach length on a kicking game, but you can teach accuracy, and you can teach you know little grubber kicks in. You can, you know, you can you can work on your finesse, right? And Moylan is a player that you know this year he would be arguably up there for the most improved player in the competition. Um, yeah, look, he very surprised my expectations at the beginning of the year. I really wanted a Nico Hines, Braden Trindle halves combination. Next year, I wanted to go. Yeah, I want to stay with the Hines Moylan combination for him to warm the seat for Young Dykes. Um, oh, look, I, I, I can't. I like you can fault Moylan, and you can do a whole podcast on Moylan's faults and what what he doesn't do for Nico Hines, but what he does do for this team. You know, he is that link man. He is that chippy person. He is the first player, you know, when, when we've scored a try, he's got the boys in the huddle. He's the one in the, you know, when, when we've conceded a try, he, he's the one who looks the most disappointed. The try can happen 50 metres away from him and he's behind the post kicking himself. So he cares. Um, he, you know, in the past you've said his body has let him down or father time has let him down. Nothing let him down this year. He had a phenomenal season, uh, you know, he was on par with his 2018 season. I'll give him a 7.5 out of 10. Yeah, I completely agree. He's only got one kick. He just, that kick from 40 metres out where he puts a bomb up and it barely goes past, you know, his head. You know, he's he's not that kind of player. His running game this year was, was probably 9 out of 10, whereas last year it was a negative 3. He looks quicker. He looks stronger. His defence has improved out of sight. Last year, he didn't. He was the Will Kennedy in the last few weeks. He'd go in and then he, you'd see him throw his hand up and go, ah, oh, ah, oh. he dropped the ball and ah, oh, but he never improved. This year, three games out of five, he was brilliant. That other game he was okay and then he had a bad one. Okay, every good player does that. I thought Moylan was the perfect foil for Hines. I just wish he kicked more and we just need a little bit more speed around the halves. Where, you know, if okay, if you add Miller there, he's, he gives that speed. You don't need Moylan. It's definitely not the long term. I think he's earned his two-year contract. If you said pre-season he would play 24 games, I would have rolled my eyes, uh, maybe 2.4, because last year was disgusting. This year was very, very good. Shut a lot of people up, which was very nice for you or I, because uh, this podcast exists because of young Matthew Moylan. I I don't offer a rate him. I would have bumped it up to an 8. I thought he was utterly brilliant, as long as you take away the two 
last games of the season where he was utterly deplorable. And uh, the main event, mate, the Dalian elect, this time, by the time people listen to this, he'll be crowned Dalian, or he better be Nico Hines. Before I hit the stats, tell me what you thought of Nico's season. He's first at halfback. It looked like he'd been playing halfback, you know, since he was a kid, which, ironically, he'd been playing halfback since he was a kid. Um, yeah, look, didn't look out of position. The one thing about Nico Hines is you're going to turn around and you're talking about a daily M season or as close as you could get to in a daily M, and you can go, there's so much that he can improve on, you know? There's so much for Nico to improve on in terms of his kicking game and his kicking selection. We never saw him put up a spiral bomb like Nathan Cleary, but I bet you he's got it in his arsenal. It's just, you know, this is the kid who's probably out there in his first year at halfback going, I can't do everything now. What can I do good that can make this team great and I can add pieces to the part? Like like Nathan Cleary in 2018 when he was playing for the Panthers didn't have a spiral bomb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 2022, Nathan Cleary has got a spiral bomb on par with Matt Burns. Yep. So, you know, Nico's young. He's willing to learn He's here because of fits. He captained the team, what, 10 times this year? Um, he's absolutely phenomenal. He exceeded my expectations. At the beginning of the year, I thought, Nico's going to be solid without being spectacular. He was more than fucking spectacular. You look at this season, and for mine, there are only two standouts in this in this competition this year, and one of them isn't Ben Hunt. Ben Hunt's only getting points because he's the best player on a Dragons team that sucks more dick than Jenna Jamison. The, the two standout players for mine this year are Dylan Edwards and Nico Hines. Nico Hines did more than Dylan Edwards. Dylan Edwards is just like your average two points every game, whereas Nico Hines is your highlight real solid, handsome as fuck, and like just the face of the game at the moment. Um, you know, I, I just I, I can't I can't say any more about him and, and how fucking incredible he was this year. I thought he was going to be our 5'8". I thought Brent Trindle was going to be the halfback. I'm glad this guy's our halfback because now all we need to do is find 5'8". Um, look, 9.7 out of 10. Perfect, mate. I think I don't think it's too out there to say that he's had the best, you know, single season of a Shark since Ben Barber in 2016. And I think you have to go a long way back to maybe Preston Campbell's Dalian medal winning season to, to top that. You know, okay, he only scored six tries, but 21 try assists, 21 forced dropouts. Again, this is a bloke who played fullback and a bit of center and maybe a half and, and all around the place, you know, during his NRL career. career. 29 line break assists, 75% tackling. That could probably get up to around, you know, about 80, 83. I think, I think Ben Hunt's a little bit lower. I think he's in the 60s. So, you know, that, that shows you the difference there. Might be high 60s, early 70s. 380 kick metres. I, th- I missed writing it here, but I think it's about 140 running metres per game. This guy does everything. He kicks, he runs, he tackles, he leads, he captains. You know, he, he looks good. He makes the ladies wet. He makes the guys hard. He just, he's the perfect signing. He's the boat we need to build around. He can never play a game other than for New South Wales and Queensland, PM13, etc., For the other than the Cronulla Sharks. This bloke is the future of the game. He's the future of the club. He's been anointed by Sir Fitz. We've been calling for it, especially me, for two years now. This kid's going to be special. Mate, if this is his first year at halfback full-time, imagine where he's going to be in three or four years. If we can put, you know, uh, you just need to find a Tedesco, a young 
two of us a shed. Something, uh, just a freaky umpire. I'm hoping it's Hero, maybe it's Stone Street. With him, just to take that little bit of pressure off, because you need more than one game breaker. And do we see? I think we have one with Ronaldo, our potential second. Talakai, for a long time, there was a third. He has just been absolutely brilliant. This is as close to 10 out of 10 season you can get. Few missed tackles, okay. He waltzed a little bit against South, but he was the best player in the park against the Cowboys. Everyone talked about how good Chad Townsend was. Not one single stat came anywhere near Nico when they went one-on-one. And with a three-on-one overlap, Nico Hines didn't try and kick the ball yet again and see his team bomb out in a prelim. So, mate, I'm so happy we signed him. I'm giving him a nine and a half out of ten. He's got an improvement in him, which is frightening. And like I said, about half an hour time, they start the count. In about two hours' time, he will be the Dalian medalist. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. And the scary thing is he's making the metres per game that I want from our props. He made more metres per game than every forward not named Cam McInnes. That's crazy. And the bloke, you know, he's big, but he's not real big. I just think, you know, with when Dykes comes good and when Hero's there, this guy's going to be unstoppable. He'll play for New South Wales. He should have had two games this year. I don't know what the fuck they got with Jack White. And he should be on that plane to England, whether he gets game time or not, I don't know. But this kid, what a future, what a season. Yeah, absolutely. He's he's absolutely sensational. And it's not even a... A bad corner saying if he keeps his trajectory next year, you could see him in the number six jersey next to Nathan Cleary. Absolutely right, mate. He's got he's a lot cool headed than uh, that other Luai bloke. Mate, I just I can talk all night about how good he is, but we got a Daly M medal to go watch, mate. Uh I'm feeling a little bit shark horny. How about more than how about more?